Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. Well, I hope you are ready for God to just uh, speak to you in a powerful way today. I get the honor of introducing our guest speaker. Many of you uh, know him or have known him for years, but it is so wonderful to have Pastor Christopher Dare back with us today. Can you welcome him? There he is. Come on up, sir. And uh, as we just get ready to get into God's Word, I, I believe we, Christopher has just a timely word for us, not only today, but we even have, um, you know, actually, you're, you're really working overtime. You, some things <laughs> never change as you never stop, man. You are, uh, he's going to be teaching a class a little bit more of, I, I, I guess you explain it, kind of more of a college feel uh, at yeah. 1 o'clock. We're going to serve lunch, and we're going to have kind of a, a class on kingdom values this morning after, after uh, this 11 a.m. sermon where we get into so God's Word. So most importantly, we want to feed you. So who's hungry? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Bit, yeah, we'll so see. You just got to hang out. The food will be ready for you. But we'll be diving into a class called Kingdom Values, and it's what is our Christian role and responsibility in politics. So I'm a weird hybrid where I've been a pastor for 30 years, which you'll hear a little about that. Some of you know that already. You watched it all happen. If you're new to the church or newer, I'm Christopher. Hi. And, uh, but I'm an elected officer. I'm a city councilman for the city of Sparks, running for secretary of state, and do a lot of stuff politically in D.C. And, in the, and for, for, I work for you already. You just don't know it. But uh, we do a lot of work on that end. So we're going to talk about it, though, set aside all partisan stuff and talk about what does the Bible say as citizens of heaven is our responsibility. Yeah, important stuff, important stuff. So you're, we're in for it today, but I just want to kind of just uh, inform you about who this guy is. If you're, you know, there are some new faces, and then there's some faces that have been with us for a long time. But if you don't know Pastor Christopher, um, he was with us for like 15 years on staff, and he, is, he was my is. I always say my because I feel like I still look at you. He was my youth pastor. Um, and so in uh, our youth pastor, I see some of us youth, right? Some of we used to be youth. We are so not youth anymore. I'm, no, I'm like, you're not. Our youth pastor. You look older than I am. I, you know, somebody, last time, you know what? We're not going to have you back. <laughs> last time you were here, somebody said that to me. They go, wait, who was whose youth pastor? And I said, he was mine. <laughs> Jerks. Anyways, right? But uh, Pastor Christopher's going to preach today, and, and I can't wait to, to hear his word once again. Um, but, you know, one thing we got to do, and, and some of you missed it, and I know they went home, but we got to pray for two missionaries that are leaving to Africa. And that was like missions was your first love growing up. Like you took us all over the world as a church. So how many people got to go on the mission field somewhere, even in the U.S. with, with us as a team? Come on, raise your hand. A lot of us. We did I loved trips. it, man. Yeah. I tell you, we, we were um, without question a church on purpose. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And so we got to pray for two missionaries leaving for Africa coming up very soon, uh, Mark and Jan Wyatt. If you know the Wyatt family, they're the ones that serve so faithfully in our food pantry, our food ministry. They're always packing boxes and different things. And so we're kind of talking about all these ministries and ways to be involved. And then Pastor Jen came up and, and spoke about camp. And I just, I, I love this, like the memories I have of camp. I was at a camp and I believe it was a winter camp and I couldn't tell you what year it was, but you and Pastor Jamie McMillan, you guys pulled me aside and they looked at me and they said, Joey, you have a call of, of ministry on your life. And I kind of did one of those like, please don't ever say that. Please stop <laughs> talking. 
And they were like, whether you like it or not, like God has called you to do something. I still have Joey's first sermon. Yeah, watch out. I, I bet that was a banger. That was I probably do. awesome, right? Oh, <laughs> I goodness. do. That was it didn't make terrible. any sense, but that's okay. Yeah, it was really was. good. They still don't. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but, you know, as we get into the Word today, uh, the message really is, is kind of that same message, though, that I love. It's like we are called Amen. to ministry. We're called to, to be that lighthouse that you're going to speak about. We're called Amen. to ministry, even if that ministry isn't a pastor-like vocation. And Amen. so let's give it up for Pastor Christopher as he leads us this morning. Welcome him back. Before I dive in, I'm going to dive into a couple just announcement things that I think are good for you to know. I, I want to talk about camp for a second. And uh, I grew up going to camp here. And a couple of things you need to know. One of the things, I've been a four-square pastor a long time, so I've been involved in a lot of that. If we don't use the camp, they'll sell it. Just know that. They've done it with other camps, and they will not keep it. It's a business. And so if we don't utilize our camps and get back in there, and I know COVID, and I know there's questions and things, but more importantly than losing a camp potentially, camp changed my life. I've been going to camp since I was a kid with this church. I grew up right here. Pastor Greg was my pastor, but also there's someone in the house over here, Dave and Kathy Walker. My gosh, it's so funny. So yes, it is so good to see you. So if you could flash back to CLC, who, who knows what CLC means anymore? Yeah, there you go. Christian Life Community. So my father, George Dare, my mom, we have a lot of you guys that are a part of it, but it changed my life. I was called to ministry at CLC when I was young, very young, but we've been doing camps and loving on kids and doing missions. All that's not new. It's a part of the DNA from the beginning fiber of all that's happened. And you have men and women in this church who have... Uh, Forge the way of making sure young men, I'm 50, I can say young men, young men like me, get to, get to know the essence. Now I can say this, um, right now our youth, some of them may not be as interested in camp as we were. There's a lot of distractions out there, some of your kids. But I'm telling you, if you don't slow down and put the most important things in place, they won't have the most important things in place when they need them. And so I just challenge you, they didn't pay me to do this. I'm telling you, I've ran camps, I've been a part of camp, and as a pastor, between missions and camps, it's the two times you can pause life and cease life change. And so please, uh, I, I, I'd ask you to consider really praying for that. And I say this, uh, when I'm done preaching today, if you don't like me, then don't send your kid to camp, because I'm a product of camp. <laughs> and so if you like what I say, well, then that's a good idea. So a couple other things. You're going to see a couple of magazines back there. Um, one is a little political, and I say that. It's not just about me, but it has some different people running, and it's, non, it's, it's multipartisan. It has everybody in it. Uh, and so it's something, it's just a tool for you. This other one's about veterans. Any veterans in the house? Come on. And who's our veterans? We've got a few of them around. Thank you, thank you. So... Uh, one of the honors I, I've been able to do is I'm, I'm a chaplain for a veteran's home, but I also am putting together a memorial across the state for all of our, uh, memorial, uh, all of our veterans who died in the, in the line of battle. And so there's a whole article in there about it. So if you grab one of these, you can read it. It's, it's, it's very honoring to be a part of something like that, but that's why they're there. And please feel free to grab them and all the good stuff. Now let's dive into the fun. I'm Christopher. My wife is Melissa. You guys, a lot of you guys who are around, you know her. She's doing great. She was at our church back home today called Outlook Church is where, where we're at right now. And we're doing well. Adam and Noah. Noah keeps growing, it seems. He's 6'5", actually, quite literally. And he always likes to talk. Whenever he talks to me, he stands up to look down at me. He's just funny. Do your kids do that? I don't know. This is funny. They like to do that. And then my son Adam is married, but I'm going to be a grandfather September 3rd. 
So in Leb, I'm Lebanese, so that means you should call me Jiddo, is what, that's the Lebanese word for grandpa. So I get to be the Jiddo in our family, and I'm so, so excited about that. A couple other things just to catch you up on my life. I'm, like I said, I'm honored. I'm, I'm currently a city councilman for my city for the last six years. That's going fantastic. Really love that job. The Lord put on my heart to step out and step into potentially a statewide race. You can read more about it, know more about it. But here's another piece that I'm very excited about. So I've been a professor for Multnomah University out of Oregon for about eight years. They have a campus in, in town, but they left during COVID. And we got to start a brand new college called Nevada Christian College. And I'm the president of that. And so uh, yeah, I'm telling you, these things happen. And I wonder, you, if you know me, you're wondering, really? I th Mark John's not here, but he used to be a teacher. I should not be teaching classes. I slept through his class every time. You know, it's just so funny how it all works out, but God has a sense of humor and uses this at all. But I'll tell you, the class we teach today and the classes, you'll start seeing classes come. Please be praying. We are the only Christian college in the state of Nevada. I don't know if you know that. And if we didn't start it, we would have had not one. Most states have like 10, 15. I mean, you have a lot of different colleges. Nevada does not. And actually, it's been a really difficult time trying to get that through. And with that said, I just am honored. We need your prayer, and we really, truly hope to continue to push back any darkness that wants to put the head up against what we're doing. Today, we're going to talk about something very important, this word. Can you say it with me? Hope, 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 hope. And this is an interesting word. It's funny. Some people, if you ask them, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Well, well we hope. Okay, hope so, right? We hope, or do you hope? And I tell you, there's a difference in this, and, 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 it, and it's crucial, but I believe there is a cost to hope. It's a cost that we, there's some things we have to do to make sure hope's in place, and we're going to go through that today, but without it, I think we're in trouble. It's something that we have to have. If we don't have this, there's going to be problems in our life. I'll give you an example. If you don't have hope, I promise you don't want to get out of bed that day. Anybody just know you're going to, something happen, and you know today you have to face something that's not so good? And you're like, oh, right? Do you want to get out of bed? No. You know, I guarantee you're going to be at a place where you're like, I'm not getting out of bed. And as a pastor, I've got to walk with people who quite literally deal with this. I mean, it's very struggling when they don't have any hope for the future. Everything gets really, really interesting. The other thing is this idea, I think when we have hope in place, it makes us brave enough to live out what God's asked us to do. See, without hope, there's no way you're running into that battle. There's no way you're going to go into that. There's, why would you when you know you're lost already and you feel like it's already over? And it's no different whether it's a difficult marriage or you're a difficult thing at work. But if you feel like you've already lost and it's already done, you're going to find that you're just lacking. And so that's another thing. Another one is I believe hope gives us a pathway to forgiveness. So, and it sounds one of those things, we, you know, forgiveness is one of those words we'd like it to go away because that means you got hurt and you have to come to the table and forgive whether they deserve it or not, because you know they don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve hope, forgiveness, but God did it for us, so we forgive. And so we get to walk in this, but hope allows us to trust that God, even in our hardest of times, has a bigger plan than we have. And that's part of the piece of this that we want to have in place. Also, hope allows you to be the one person in the room that knows something that everyone else doesn't know. Have you ever been in a room and looked at people in the eye and you know they know what you know and you're like, yeah, I can tell you love the Lord. I know, I know you have hope because you, one is you'll keep looking at me. And a lot of people who don't have hope, they're like this. You look at them and they're like, 
They, won't, they don't want you to know what's happening inside their life. I'm a crazy guy. You might freak you out, but I stare at everybody. I walk in rooms and I'm like, hi. Make eye contact and people are like, uh-oh. Here he is, right? But I tell you what, as we've done that, even just today, I was at Starbucks and we were there. I walked through and a guy looked at me and I looked at him and, and he's a chef and I know he's a Christian. There's no question. We didn't even necessarily talk about Jesus-ish things, but I know he knows the Lord because of the way we were talking and just just met him. His name is Freedom, so you pray for Freedom, a new friend of mine today. And, uh, but it's just awesome when you get, to, you get to walk like this. So this idea of hope is crucial, I believe, in our life. Without it, we're in trouble. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into what God has to say about all this. Lord, we come to you and we pray for this word. Lord, it's one that uh, we hope's in place. We sit back and we use it often. It's a word that's thrown around. It's a word you can find in stores, people put on their walls. But Lord, some people, I believe, don't, they put on their wall, but they don't really adhere to what it means or where it comes from. And where we put our hope is so crucial. So Lord, I pray today that we open our hearts, our minds, and slow down our life enough to ask you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So hope's gonna cost you something, and right now we know about cost. Anybody fill up their gas lately? Come on. Come on, yeah, I spent $125 on Rick Bonvice's truck just the other day. That was beautiful, you know, and it didn't even fill up the tank. Yeah, that's rough. But I tell you what, there's a cost to hope that I think we need to pay attention to, and the first thing has to do with where do we fix our eyes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require something of you. It's going to require you to focus in and make sure you're seeing what God has to show you, to see Him. For 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I'll tell you what, this shows us very clearly. You get to choose where you're going to fix your eyes, how you're, what you're going to look at, and what's going to happen. And I just want you to know this, that there is a big difference between a glance and a look and a fixation. Okay, We're all going to have moments in life where things happen, and you're going to take a you're gonna look at it. You know, something's going to happen on the news, and you're going to be all, what's happening over there? Something's going to happen on even social media, and you're going to be like, oh, what's happening over there? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually normal. Matter of fact, there are some pieces of that are wise. You should know what's going on. You can't go put your head in the ground and act like, you know, oh, everything's fine. No, you need to know what's going on. However, when you fix on that alone, you're going to find that you do lose hope because that is going to be what your focus is. Our job is to take what we glance at, what we look at, and bring it back over and say, God, what do you want of this? How do you want me to respond to this? What are you doing in this? And always remembering that he has the victory. And so as we walk forward, it means that we don't have to, it doesn't mean we don't care about it, but it means we don't have to worry about it. We can wonder what God wants to do, Worry is for God. This is on him to, to figure that, some of that stuff out. I'd say this. One of the, I'll give you a fixation real quick. I'll tell you how I met. When I first met my wife, we were in Bible college, and I actually was sitting at a dinner with another girl that I had just, we were kind of on the rocks, you know. We're kind of like ending out. And so we already had talked about breaking up, but it wasn't totally official. And then my, my, my soon-to-be wife, which I didn't know, goes up on the stage, and she's at Life Bible College, and she does Hamlet's soliloquy. And if you know what that is, I don't even, I can't even repeat it myself, but she does the whole thing verbatim. And I'm telling you, the, the sun and the moon split, and I just looked, and I was all, <gasps> and I, I have no lie, I remember, I remember like, why am I sitting with this girl? Who is that girl? And then, and then I found out who she went to the dance with, and I, 
I was already mad at him. What are you doing with that woman? That's my woman. And, and I chased her quickly. And no lie, I think it was five months later we were engaged. And then we got married about a year after that. So that's, you know, I was fixated. And I think in a good godly way, God kept me there. But there is something that happens when we, when we come and we dive into something that we want to see. Well, the other times, sometimes we're distracted or fixated simply because it feels like the roof has fallen in on us. Like literally something fell on us that has gotten our attention and it needs your attention. I'll give you one example. Back in the day, I was working out at Pastor Greg's house. I was with Jared Massonary. And uh, not that we look like we work out, but we did at that time. And, and their weight set was not hooked up to the wall for some reason. And so gravity, when you pull weights up high and then you do things like this, do you see what happens? The whole weight set with all the weights fell on me. Right, no lie, it was very bad. I'm laying on the ground, half knocked out, blood pouring, all kinds of, things, all kinds of crazy things. And sometimes life feels like that though. And I think the last couple of years, it's easy to say that's about how we feel sometimes. We feel like everything just fell in and things that we thought were in place got broken and, and we have all kinds of questions. Well, with that said, how do we handle that? How do, how do we run forward? Now, I want to share something that I think might be hard for us to grab, but this is really the word the Lord put on my heart, is I believe there are people here today that believe the power of sadness, despair, and chaos of this world has more power than the hope we have in Christ. Let me say it again, because I want you to catch this. There are people here today, and I say this, it's across, I, I get to pastor a lot of people. I see it in a lot of people's life. That the power of sadness, despair, and chaos in this world has more power than the power of Christ. That's a scary place to be. And I, I really believe that the Lord wants us to walk out this today and us visit the core of who we are. And if it's not true, then God bless you. That's fantastic. But I know there are times that I've had to visit that moment where I hear things that are happening or I see things that are happening and I become fearful or worried or I wanna take it into my own hands and I wanna fix it and I wanna run after it. And I just say, just as we walk out this out, if that's a word for you today, we're gonna to respond at the end and we wanna pray for everybody today. And I say that because we have no room to leave distraction. We have a purpose as a church and we need to get to our purpose and not be distracted by things. So one of the things I've found as I've traveled, and we've traveled to over 50 countries doing all kinds of work like we talked about, mission work, loving people, training pastors, and a lot of your amazing leaders here have been a part of those, those trips. But one thing we learned quickly in other cultures, just like us, we worship that which we think is most powerful. So there actually are people in other countries that worship the river. Can you imagine why they worship the river? Because there was a great flood it wiped out their, their, their little area, and it maybe even killed some family members, and it seemed like the most powerful thing they had, so now they build statues and art things to the river god. Or there's another one I've been to that actually uses the, the boa constrictor, and this is out in the middle of nowhere, and why would you think that would be? Well, because a boa constrictor, they have, they're worried about them, so they build these, these they, they worship it in a sense, because they're fearful of it, or they, they think it's the most powerful. Well, in the U.S., I'd like to believe that God is the center of our world, but I'd say it's probably power and money 
and those kind of things would be the center of what I see a lot of times. And we worship it with our time, with, with our conversation, with our worry, instead of letting God be a part of that. So that's the essence of today, and then we're going to dive in a little deeper. You guys still with me? You feeling okay? Okay. Sometimes I make people mad right away. I say things that they don't like, so... Well, here's the truth. So we talked about things that fall in on us. I guarantee, just because of how I know people function, in this last couple of years, I'm sure there's a lot of things that have fallen in on you that got your attention. Potentially marriage relationships. Potentially a, a child, something with your, with your kiddo. Decisions they made or something going on. Maybe at work, you know, whether it shut down, didn't shut down, you're essential, not essential, whatever you want to call it. There's things that happened and hurt, and it fell in on you. You know, we even have faith moments that fall apart, and that's actually part of being a Christian. And I say that sometimes people feel that if they have a faith moment, like they're questioning things, that somehow they must not love God. And I'm here to tell you, uh, that just means you're a Christian. <laughs> that means you're human. But what you do with it as you come back and refocus on God and let Him realign your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today is realigning that life. How about health? Obviously, the last couple years, we've seen many people die and different things happen that are very, very interesting. We have friendship issues, pandemics, government, death. You know, all these things are happening and there's nothing wrong with you giving them proper attention. But you can't fixate on them. This is not where we fix our eyes. This is not where our hope comes from. It, you know, if we can get rid of a few of those things, it doesn't mean life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean the eternal, all that's in place. It's what God is doing that puts all that in place. So this is a discipline. Will you put the discipline in place? Will you come over here, the world falls apart, so you just stay right here. I'm gonna challenge you that potentially you've created a habit that this is where you're stuck. If you're not careful, maybe even addicted to it. So today, I believe God wants to set you free. He wants to show you a new way. He wants to remind you of old ways, maybe, that he's over here. And he wants you to have your eyes on him. And don't be wrong, you can glance at those things. He's going to show you how to walk through those things. He's going to show you how to hopefully overcome those things. But it's not going to be because you think that that is the most powerful. Second thing here that's so crucial is what testimony do we believe? You know, right now, it would seem we don't even know what to believe. People put things out in the news, and then the news says this, and then one news channel says this, and then social media says this, and then if you're on Twitter, well, it says this, and then if you, Instagram, and I don't even know what TikTok is, I'm too old, so it's like something weird. You know, you, you have all this stuff going on, and we're like, oh, right? What testimony do we believe? Well, as Christians, there's no question in my mind, Romans 15, 4 tells us, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that the, through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we what? Might have, tell you what? I'm gonna read it again because it's important. Everything that was written in the past was written to what? Teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We find our hope right here, right here. This is what we line up to. This is what we run after. This is our life. You know, this is called the canon. I don't know if you guys know that. It means ruler. 
And then the weirdest thing that we tend to do is we like to line ourselves up to our neighbor or somebody else because then we look over and we say, well, well, I don't, you know, maybe I do some bad things, but I don't do bad things like that guy. Or I don't do bad things like that lady. Or I didn't drive like that guy. But our job is to line up to what this is. And this is our guide. This is our life. This is what we're supposed to be running after and being. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58 says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Do you know this is where our hope is founded, that Jesus is returning? Do we know that? I mean, I, I, this is where, we're, where, where our hope is, is that God is in charge of all of this. It says, for the trumpet will sound. It doesn't say the trumpet may be sound. It might say one day, you know, it says it will. And the dead will be raised, imperishable, and will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable. And the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the, immortal, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Man, we have victory in Christ, period. Not maybe, it doesn't depend on the situation, it doesn't matter who's the, who the president is, it doesn't matter if we have a church building that we can meet in or we meet in a park, does it? Does it change any of that? It's, it's actually kind of frustrating to me when I'm in a lot of meetings politically and people, and I'm wrong, I don't like when the government came in and tried to say anything about what we can do as a church. Okay, I personally have fought up against it from the beginning in, in ways that um, I won't go into detail, but there's a lot of things we did from lawsuits, you name it. However, with that said, you never shut down the church, did they? They never shut down the church because we are the church. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you are the church. This building is a building. You are the church. And so if they shut us down, that means you stop functioning as a Christian. And I don't think we did that. I hope we didn't do that. We walked forward and we got to live and, and stand strong. 55, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting, sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through what? It's through Jesus. And I hope that today this is what you catch, that this is through Christ alone. Verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain unshakable victory. That's what you get to walk in. That's what we get to be, unshakable. We get to stand for something that's so awesome. Well, I'll get personal here for a moment. A lot of you guys have watched my life. It was years ago, all of a sudden, Christopher disappeared. I went and took care of my family. Doesn't matter what happened, but I can tell you, we were at a place where we were in despair. We were at a place that we didn't know. We didn't, I mean, the, the, the weights that fell in on, on our marriage and our life and trying to figure out what tomorrow held. And we didn't know what tomorrow held. If you would have asked at that point, well, we'd rather you not ask us because we didn't have a good answer. We didn't know. Anybody been there? Come on. Anybody been in the pit of despair? We've all been there, I think. If you live long enough, you'll get there. Young ones, I hate to tell you, it's just part of life. You're going to have to visit there, but you don't set up camp there. This is where you go, you learn, you seek God, and he guides you. Well, this is what we did. We found ourselves going on a sabbatical for a year and a half. I didn't pastor. 
I worked at a church. I helped and did some things, but I didn't preach. I didn't anything. Just focused on my family. And in that time, God did such great work. He taught me so many things about myself, about my wife. She grew. Things taught, God taught her things about her. And God healed things that were, were broken. Some things were missing. We had to grow up. I'll tell you what, it was an interesting time. There's things I thought were in place that weren't. But the thing I learned more than anything, and this is a, a, a scripture I hope you, you catch. God gave us this in Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Do you approach God's throne of grace with confidence? I didn't at that time. I mean, I walked up like, you know, we took it for granted. I mean, all kinds of things. And then it says, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is a scripture for you today. God's grace is there. You know what grace means? The unmerited favor of God. It means you didn't earn it, what I just said. God's favor, you did not earn it. It also means you can't mess it up, because if you didn't earn it, you also can't do something bad about it. This has to do with him. This is how he loves you, not how much you did or didn't do, how strong or strong you're not. As we walk forward, this is important. Well, now, 15 years later, I'm, ce I'm celebrating 29, 29 years of marriage come June. I'm telling you. Now, I know not all stories in that way. I know that, and I know, I'm not here to whatever. But I'll tell you this. When people seek God, he moves and he does miracles. He does miracles. And if you stop believing in the hope of what God can do, we're in trouble. You know there's people who know you're a Christian, and they believe because you believe? And I even would say this sometimes. They might even believe in the God you serve more than you do. Think about what I just said. So you say, I have this faith. They're like, ooh, cool. And then comes time, we're in trouble. See, because the weirdest thing that happens is we like to think we're evangelists. And I hope we are. I hope we're sharing Jesus everywhere. But that means they get to watch us. And they get to follow us. They get to see what we do. But what happens when all of a sudden everything starts shaking and we get as scared and fearful and worried and crazy as everybody else? What makes us look or sound any different than the world? In that moment, we are there to stand up firm and say, hey, it's going to be okay. We have a purpose to be here. We're going to stand and make a difference. We can do awesome things for Christ. And that brings us to the we will not be shaken. I'll tell you this. This is a picture of a lighthouse. Okay? Imagine if this lighthouse could speak. And the lighthouse is sitting there. And all of a sudden it says, Oh no, there's a storm coming. I can't believe a storm is coming. Oh no, I can't believe there's waves going to hit and buffet my body. Oh no. And then we'd say, we built you that way. Why do you think the lighthouse is in place? It is there to stand in the midst of the storms and the waves to make sure other people know where to go in the midst when there's trouble. Amen? That's what that's supposed to do. What's different about that and you as a Christian? You were built for that. That is why we're still here. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior and you're not going to do that, I'd hope he'd take us to heaven. Because if not, we're just confusing the issue. We are here to help lead people out of danger into a safe place called Jesus' arms. 
That is who we are. That is what we're built out of. That is what we are supposed to be. Now, with that said, there are times we start believing other things. Oh, we're built for this or this. No, that is what we're built for, and that is the hope we get to carry. When people are out there and they're scared to death, and they look over at your lighthouse, and you're like, don't come here. I'm just as scared as you. That's a problem, right? And you can't turn on and off that light. What if, what if some days you're like, not today. You know, come back tomorrow. I'll have my light on. It's Sunday tomorrow. It's crazy, right? Now, I say this. I'm not picking on you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about life, us. How do we function? We have to be consistent. We have to, and I'll tell you, this is hard to do. We have a culture who says a lot of things. We even have a Christian culture that says things that aren't necessarily biblical. I mean, that's part of our class we're going to talk about. What does the Bible tell us we're supposed to be? Who we're supposed to be? How we're supposed to be? And we will not be shaken. It's what we were built for. It's who we are. And I hope, I hope to God that we stand up. We are in such an imperative time for the church to stand up. You guys, I get the honor of being in weird worlds of politics. I've done stuff in D.C., in, in Carson City, all over the place working for you, working for us, trying to stay a stand. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of shaking going on. And how we act does matter. Psalm 62, 5 to 6 says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from who? Him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. And say this with me. I will not be shaken. Can you say it with me again? I didn't hear you. Come on. I hope you believe this. My salvation and my honor depend on God. Wait a minute. But social media didn't say that. I'm telling you, we have to come back to what this is. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. God is our refuge. Man, this is so important. If you're standing there right now and you feel like your world's been shaking, I'm going to encourage you that you're standing in the wrong place. Now, don't get me wrong, the world shakes sometimes. But if you stay there, you set up camp in the wrong spot. Psalm 1 tells us where we put, plant that tree matters. You want to come over and spend time with God. Let him direct your path. Now, with this said, you're not going to come to all the same answers I do, and that's okay. My job is to come to God, be obedient, and then go do what he asked me to do. Now, it's going to look a little different because we, we have different personalities, skill sets, and God uses all of it. So it does not mean, I'm not saying, well, this is how Christopher do it, does it, so that's how you have to do it. But I'll tell you, if you're not visiting the Lord for your answers, then I don't trust it. You shouldn't trust it either. You have to come and be at this place where you can say, God, help direct me. I submit to you. And then he guides us on all the steps we have that is what this is about. That is how we serve the Lord. That is when he moves. Now, because one of the things that I'm saying, we as Christians cannot be aloof to what's happening in this world. We are in this world, and God put us here for a purpose. So for us to dis disappear and say, oh, we're just going to come over here and hang out. We're just going to do whatever. No, we have to be involved. We have to be there, but how we're involved is 
We're an ambassador for him. That brings me to this most important part. We must be kingdom-minded. We must be kingdom-minded. I love this picture. I'm going to tell you a story of what is a, a vision. The Lord in my life, strangely, has given me dreams over the years that have truly been prophetic. And that's one of the things, gifts that God's given me. And this picture reminded me of a time when I had a dream about my, my youngest son was just going into high school and my oldest was about to uh, graduate. And in this, in this vision, it was, we were in our house, it was the middle of the night, and there was, up on the hill, there was a, a snake that was trying to get in our house, and there was another one down here. And they kept watching in this vision, trying to get into my house. I woke up, and I knew exactly what the Lord was telling me. It's time to, there, there, there's an attack coming in my family. You better be paying attention. And I knew right away it had to do with my children. I just knew. I mean, it, it, you know, I, you know, different discernment things. And so I gathered people, and we started, we started praying extra, especially for my son Noah. And I tell you what, that next year was not easy. And he went through some things that were very difficult. But I can tell you, we stood with him, walked with him, and he came out, and he's doing great. But I'll tell you, he had to go through this. But I'll tell you, the enemy was calling out my son, and the Lord showed me it. We must be kingdom-minded. And this isn't just for the church. You are the church. This is for your family. This is for you. This is the purpose of what we do. This right here is not just a, a, a fiction thing that, you know, that, you know, we just, this, this is reality if we believe in Scripture. Do we believe in Scripture? And if we do, we have hope. When the enemy rears its ugly head, you can stop and say, ah, you're, you're, you're as ugly as you ever were. You stay right over there, buddy. Yeah, I'm not scared of you. I remember once I was in Jamaica. Some of you might have been with me. We were in Jamaica, and we're, we're there. We're going to do, and we're going to go pray for people. We're going around to home, to home, to home, to home. We did a lot of these in Africa, and we just go pray for people. And we're in somebody's home, kind of real kind of interesting lean-to, and the lady's sick, and we're praying for her. And someone runs in and says, oh, you have to leave. You have to leave now. And that's never good when you're in another country when they say that because you don't know what's happening. And I'm all, oh. And then she said, they say the witch doctor's coming. And I'm all, well, I'm not going nowhere. And they don't know. He'll put a curse on you. That's what they said. They'll put a curse on you, and you better get out of here because these are Christians who thought that guy was more powerful than the God I serve. And I'm all, you, you just really challenged me to stay right where I'm at. So we stayed, and we prayed. The guy came in, started walking around the room, kind of doing whatever. Oh, it was one of those things. And he looked at me. And I looked at him, and he left. No lie. Now, I, I don't understand. I, I, I can't peel back and see everything. I wish I could. But I can tell you, I had no fear of this human being that's filled with whatever because I'm filled with the power of God. Do you believe that? I hope you do. I hope you walk in a way that matters. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. That means not here. Things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We live here, but man, we get so wrapped up in it that we get distracted. The church cannot be distracted right now. You are the bearer of hope. You are the thing that goes out in the world and shines. You are the lighthouse, and if we turn it off and say, well, 
you know, we just talk about that, but we really don't have it. That should, that's scary to me. And please know this. I know we've been through a hard time. So this isn't a beat you up's time. This is a, guys, maybe we've been distracted because the world fell in on us. Let's bring it to Jesus today and let's get back to work. Let's give it to him and trust him. Let's stop trying to think we can control it anyway. How many things can you actually control? Have you guys figured that out yet? Exactly. We don't control anything except probably our own integrity would be the one thing we get to do. Philippians 3, join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is what? set on earthly things but our citizenship is where where is it guys heaven oh and we eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control did you hear that last part he brings everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body where is your hope found? That's the question today. And I'm telling you, if you, find, if you place it in the wrong thing, you're not going to like the results. You're going to find you plugged into a source that has no power in the name of the church. So not only will you be un, very displeased, but as the church goes, it's going to be a problem because other people aren't going to run to the church. You know, I, I have a lot of people who, who say, you know, I just feel like we're in such a worldly time, no one even cares. They don't even want to hear about God or hope or any of that stuff. I disagree, actually. I think we live in a time where people are dying to hear about hope. They're, they're dying to have a relief. I mean, that's why we have drugs and alcohol. I mean, they're dying to find ways to get rid of this void and this pain in their life, and they're finding ways that will not work. But we have something that does work. If we live it out in a way that does, is unshakable, just think of what can change. And, and you might say, man, this is a good scripture, but it doesn't work. I tried it. I'm telling you, stick to it. Don't stop. I have seen good results from this. And believe me, I still make a lot of people very angry. It's part of it. I don't try to. I stand up for what's right to the best of my ability. And I speak truth, even when it's uncomfortable. The discipline of hope. You got to fix your eyes on Christ. Believe the testimony of Scripture. This is not a suggestion. This is our lifeline. We will not be shaken. We'll be kingdom-minded. Now again, and how I want to close service today, and if worship team wants to come on up, and, and I hope you don't leave today without getting prayed for, and here's why. Again, remember I mentioned the glance, the look? I think we've all been there. There's a lot going on. Some of us have been staring at it far too long. We've been distracted. Listen, your marriage cannot afford you to be distracted right now. Hear me. Your children cannot afford you. Your grandchildren cannot afford you. The kingdom of God can't afford it. Our country can't afford it. 
The city, you get what I'm saying? This church has to stand up. And I hope if you hear this message, you're like, who's this really pushy guy that I don't even know? You know what? I'm just a voice. This is, it doesn't matter who I am. This is God's word talking to you. Stand up. And I'll tell you this, if there's a distraction there, and I, I guarantee there has been because they've been all over the place, bring it to God today because that's what we're supposed to do. And here's the weird thing. Why is it that people get embarrassed when they come up for prayer? I, I've been in church a long time, so I can talk about weird things, and I'm not your pastor, so I can say whatever I want. But it is really weird. People get like, like well, if I go up for prayer, people are going to know I'm human. You are human, and we need prayer. And for you to think you can do it on your own, that might be the beginning of the problem we have anyway. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to have anybody who likes to pray for people to come up, and we're going to pray for you. And I hope you don't leave before you have someone. Just, and just, you don't have to get real personal if you don't want, but get prayer. now. And then I tell you this, if you're a husband, bring your family. That's where you got to be all the time anyway. If you're not in God's word and in front of him as a family, you're, you're asking, remember that house? I guarantee Satan has a plan for your family very different than yours or God's. And so we want to stand up as a church and say, no. We're going to stand for what's right and true. We're going to make a difference. Would you stand with me, everybody? Lord, I come to you and I pray right now for each person here. Lord, and I pray for our young people here, who a lot of them easily can sometimes turn this stuff out. But God, they need to know that you have a plan for them, a purpose. Lord, I pray that they understand that you have a hope that's big. We have so many young people right now that in despair because they feel like tomorrow is not going to happen. They worry about tomorrow college even, and is this world even going to whatever. But God, their hope needs to be in you. And Lord, I pray our adults lead the way. Show our youth how to do this. And that unashamedly, we will run to you, God. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for our time together. And I pray with my whole heart that people leave here today saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Lord, from there, I trust God that you will help speak to them. If you are, if you are a leader here, like to pray for people, whatever, please come up here. We're going to have an altar time. And, and I know we haven't done this a lot from what I've heard because of your COVID and things of that fashion. But praise God, we are moving past those days and we're going to move forward and be the church. Amen. So let's do this. We're going to worship. Please do not leave without prayer. I mean, you do whatever you want. But I'm telling you, I know for a fact, if you're human and I'm human, we cannot do this on our own. Amen. God bless you. Please come up for prayer. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, you can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with friends, share it with family. Help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.